Okay, what's up? This is uh, episode two of the WBK Ultra podcast, episode two of season two. Maybe episode 15 overall, I have no clue. Uh, Monday morning is the time I'm doing this, I guess. It's my I don't want to work day. And what is less work than a podcast? <laughs> For me, not much. Uh, I've got to do some more reseller mystery boxes I'm going to ship out. Um, I think I have a pickup today or tomorrow. I don't know. I really have to figure out how to get more organized. I kind of changed up my whole schedule in 2021, as many of us did. And uh, now I have to figure out how it all shakes down. Do you have a schedule? A weekly schedule? You know, you don't have to have every single hour of every day planned out. And I'm sure a lot of folks would say that's against the uh, that's against the purpose. It would be counterproductive to have every single day of your life micromanaged by yourself. There has to be some room for improvisation, flexibility, and that is the balance I am looking for. So, uh, if you bought a reseller mystery box, I shipped out the first half on Friday. We got a lot of orders over the over the uh, the the weekend. More than I thought, I'm going to have to shut it down because I am running low on inventory, I think. But what I want to do is do like a monthly drop. A monthly reseller box drop. Where I buy a few pallets and I, you know, I make them all worth money or at least uh, I make them an even distribution of what I bought. You know, if they're boxed, I'm not going to open them up and see what's inside of them. And uh, we divvy those up, and I make some money, and you make some money, and that's how that's how capitalism is supposed to work. We uh, we decentralize production, right? So instead of me paying people to sort through pallets of items and deal with all that nonsense, I just sell them for a portion of the profits, and uh, you decide the best way to do it on your own. That allows further specialization, which we always like, right? You always want to have more specialization if you can. Uh, on the individual level, I'm sure there's a point where it becomes, you know, the marginally, the let's see, the the gains are marginal, uh, relating to the amount of, in you know, let's say you're the, you you make nine hundred ninety nine thousand fritters out of ten thousand, um, and and you spend fifteen years to to be perfect. Is there going to be that much of a? Is that time you spent getting better at free throws worth it? No, probably not. But as long as you specialize to a point where you're differentiated uh, amongst your peers, I think that's that's why it's so tricky for so many people because it's not like, hey, hit this number and you're going to be good. You have to be uh, taking account of your competitors, of your peers, of everyone else in the market. It's, it's like you know pricing things. You're trying to figure out what, how much should I sell this for to make it worth my time. If you want to break retailing down into, into an abstract concept, that's all you're doing. I'm buying these things. Because I think they're worth more, uh, and it's going to take me time to hold them and sell them and ship them out, and I am pricing that accordingly, and my my bet is that I'm making on the market is that I think there are people who are going to value it more than me, especially individuals, uh, because, like, for example, in, in the case of resale, there are a lot of people who are going to value the convenience of getting an item when it's released or shipped to them much, much more then someone's going to value taking the time to go out and find and ship these things out. That's the, the essence of arbitrage. People have uh, different values for different things. You know, that's, it seems like that's just like 101 stuff, you know, basic economics, but 
Uh, so many, so many people I see just don't understand uh, that there's no, you know, intrinsic value on pretty much anything at all. You know, you, you can have ethical arguments about intrinsic value, um, but they're always going to be anchored on someone's own personal philosophy because you can't like get a rocket and go into space and go to the ultimate scoreboard in the sky and see like how much things are really worth, you know? You can't say like, well, here's the monetary value of like being able to yell as loud as I want to anytime, you know, to have that that freedom to be obnoxious, uh, or or you know, what's what's the value of a day of life for a five year old versus an eighty nine year old? You know, it's not there's not like um, there's not conversion rates. It isn't like trading currencies, and so when you have that kind of ambiguity, people unfortunately. Uh, use the moral high ground, um, which can differ based on your morals, to, uh, again, anchor their arguments. So <laughs> that's, that's really why people can sell things for more money on eBay, because they have a different set of principles and values uh, and, and rules applied to those principles and values. That's Arbitrage 101, baby. <laughs> Anyways, um, I watched the news this morning. If you guys know me, I've been. I, I think that um, the COVID stuff is going to come back to bite us in the ass this fall. I think we're going to see a seasonal decrease over the summer, like we did last year, because when you're outdoors and that kind of stuff, there's less transmission. Uh, you know, it doesn't take a genius to know that d- viruses and diseases and whatnot are oftentimes more uh, contagious in contained spaces. When you're not outside as much, when you're just in an apartment complex for nine hours out of the day, or you know, I guess more than that because you're sleeping. Uh, and so, what I think is going to happen, just my hunch, is that we're going to have these mutations and and variants discovered over the summer in other countries, probably in countries who, uh, you know, maybe they're they're in the the southern hemisphere, so they're on a different schedule that might have something to do with it. Just uh, poorer infrastructure. Uh, easier for the for these things to mutate and change, and uh, we're going to go all in over the next eight months. Our country, the United States, is, or whatever country you're in. I think most countries that are opting towards a centralized direction are going to go all in on one course, you know, one path with a few contingencies. And if we roll the dice and don't get lucky, and uh, whatever whatever happens is not one of those contingencies, we're going to have erroneously spent trillions of dollars, billions of dollars, I'm sure that you can justify, you know, you're going to say, well, even though it wasn't exactly right, we were going to have to bail out airlines no matter what, which I don't think is true, but I'm sure there are people who are going to take that stance as well. And uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if in the fall we have a similar shock to the stock market as we had, uh, you know, about a little less than a year ago as of January 2021. Um, like, if you saw what happened to GameStop, the stock on Friday, it went, shot up. It, it, it over the past, it went from, I don't know what, what the exact number it was on Friday, but over the past, like, six months, it's gone from, like, like a 600% increase and then crazy like that. I mean, go to the go to the, the stock price and look at it. It's uh, the kind of thing, and, and I checked today, and now it was up from, like, 60 to, like, 90 bucks today. Um, that can't be good. <laughs> When you see dramatic, insane price fluctuations like that over the course, uh, over a very short term, you know, relatively speaking, 
Um, I don't know about you, but that does not instill confidence in me. It doesn't make me think that we're going to have long-term stability, which is what you want from a government, I think. My, in my opinion, you want to have, um, in terms of like currency fluctuations and that kind of stuff, you want to have as little variance as possible. Uh, I guess if you're a speculator, you want something else. But I'm not a speculator. I don't speculate on currencies um, because that seems like a really uh, out of my depth. I know that there are people right now on YouTube, Forex traders, who are like, all you have to do is play the swings or whatever the hell they say. And um, that sounds insane to me. That sounds like a bad, bad idea. Like if I was trying to rip people off and sell them something that was dr dramatically overvalued and potentially even just like things I made up, my opinion on stuff, which I suppose to an extent I do do that in resale. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not making things up, but it is my opinion on a lot of stuff when I say, I think this will sell for more, or I think this is going to be worth less. I guess that is um, a much more basic version, but I understand video games a heck of a lot better than some 22-year-old understands uh, African currencies on YouTube. Right? I mean, that, that doesn't, that's not, I don't feel like I have to, uh, I'm not going out on a limb when I say that. That just seems like, yeah, probably. Probably because it's very easy to understand a, a very uh, simple niche with limited outside factors. Really, all you're worried about is production, um, you know, supply and demand. Whereas there's so much nonsense going on in these economies that you could, you probably have no clue about, especially in, in on a global scale when the, there might be different paths of information being released. You know, even if you were, <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm giving these people so much benefit. Um, but even if they were able to, like, track the, the press releases of every single central bank in every single country, uh, to assume that those are going to be, like, verifiably true um, you know, overall in the long run is just like, I wouldn't do it, you know? Maybe you want to do it, but I wouldn't do it. I guess let me know. You know, I, there's no there's no chat for Anchor, which is how I record these podcasts. But I guess I'm a, on YouTube, you can talk to me. Maybe I don't know. I'm still um, I'm kind of in the mode where I'm just doing things in, in terms of content creation. Although pff, I say that, and I've been delaying editing the vlog that I filmed last week for a few days because if you want to know the footage, I think it's garbage footage. I had all these grand plans. I was going to vlog, and it was going to be exciting, and I was going to go sourcing, and I was going to give tips, and it was going to be this all-encompassing, uh, you know, video video that that's popular, and people were like, oh, you got to watch this. It has everything you want. Um, but I tried that, and during the week I tried that. My car, it didn't break down, but uh, the xenon bulb, no, I'm sorry, the alternator got low it didn't break it just it didn't what didn't work the way it's supposed to work which in turn ended up frying the ballast in the headlight which i don't know what it does it has to do with the electricity that goes to your headlight which in turn um screwed up my xenon headlights and xenon headlights cost like a hundred bucks 150 a piece for my car so like it was <laughs> luckily the guys next door gave me a great deal on getting the car fixed um but it was still like between when it was all said and done, it was like 800 bucks in parts. And I had to like drive across the state because lockdowns are still happening here and no one wants to go to work. And so I had to buy a used part off eBay and drive there, um, which I guess sounds 
maybe interesting, but in a vlog format, uh, and I don't know enough about cars to like talk about the individual aspects of what's going on, and I probably got my explanation wrong (laughs) from a minute ago, Um, I was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Uh, It was really just like me, just, okay, I guess we got to do this, 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 Uh, and it all worked out. Um, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't have any money, it wouldn't have worked out. That was, that's kind of the thing is like the more money that you make, the more freedom you have to just kind of wing it. Uh, if I were to have zero dollars and zero cents, uh, I would have had to like replace this shit myself. And I probably would have died. Um, when they showed me the Xenon bulb, they put it in this like padded container and he was like, no, don't touch that. It might explode. So I didn't know that. I didn't know that Xenon light bulbs explode. Why is it in my car? I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's a great explanation why, but it just seems like the fact that I can't explain those things readily the way I can explain how you know Amazon FBA works is just making me, I don't know if I'm out of my comfort zone and it's actually going to be good content or if I'm right and it's just shit content, right? Like there's, I guess you don't know until you post it, but it's, uh, that's my internal discussion. So with these reseller boxes I was talking about earlier, we sold a bunch over the weekend. And again, if you're listening to this and you bought one and you're not happy with yours, just email me, okay? They were 50 bucks plus 25 shipping. And everyone is going to have different ideas of what they're going to get. And I'm sure there's someone out there who thinks it's going to be worth like 500 bucks. And they're wrong. Um, I don't think I ever said anything that would lead one to believe that. I, I tried to temper people's expectations to be about, okay, you can like, you know, maybe make 30% or, or, you know, 50% profit on these. I think that's very conservative and very safe. But um, there's always people who view things through their own perception, their own warped perception of the world, and they're going to apply the standards that they believe is real to you. Uh, and you can fight them or you can just, you know, be kind to them or just you know be generous um because what i my opinion is i don't think that it's worth if someone is upset over 50 bucks uh i don't want to get into an argument with them because they've probably got a lot bigger issues than that 50 bucks and it's probably is better just to you know as long as you can afford it and i you know i sold so many of these that i don't i don't think i charge too much but with everything I do, I always, um, you know, calculate in a little bit of cushion for returns. With Amazon FBA stuff as well, like the reason I explain to everyone, like, okay, the reason this costs so much is because you have a 10% uh, theft rate. And so if it's if you're only making 40% margins on your item and you lose, uh, you know, one out of every 10, it gets stolen, you get no money out of there, then you have to adjust your margins accordingly, you know, to make the margins be... 80 percent um to to make up for that one stolen item and not that anybody's stealing this stuff but just that's the way that's that's the way i do business it's not really ever going to change i don't think i'm always going to be charging a little bit more than like the lowest rate out there uh because i don't want to be in a position where i make a mistake or i deal with some thieves uh, and that bankrupts me. I learned that a long time ago in one of my old businesses. I had the margin set out like to be profitable, but I didn't have any leeway. I didn't have any leeway. And so 
the first three years was totally fine. I made a bunch of money, but then after those three years, I didn't take into account the you know the price of everything is going to increase. The price of cardboard increased. The price of postage increased. The price this was like the the real kicker was the, the cost to import things went up dramatically uh, around 2016. I mean, really just shot up. Um, if you were buying the things that I was buying, importing stuff from like Asian countries, just got so much more expensive. And so um, that taught me a lesson. That taught me a lesson about not expecting everything to always go the way I planned it, right? You can have all the plans in the world, but as soon as... Isn't there, isn't there a quote about like war? Like all, all the, the best battle plans in the world don't matter once you get shot at or everybody has a plan to take a punch in the face, something like that. That's kind of how, that's my, my attitude toward business. Everyone has a plan until they start trying to execute that plan. Um, and it's best to have m- multiple contingencies on your most, um, let's see, on your most, for me, cost is the most like important factor because I'm trying to make money. So it's important to have contingencies that allow you to be flexible in the cost of your product or in, on our side, the profit of our product. Um, so like I said, if you had any issues with the reseller box, which I don't think you are, I, I made them all myself. I, I made sure that they're all, you know, very good, but I don't know. Let's say your account gets suspended tomorrow and you have this, but you can't sell it. Something like that. Just talk to me and we'll work it out. I guess. I don't know. Normally, I guess I wouldn't offer that, but because it's the first time doing this, I really want to, I value people's feedback a lot. Uh, especially if I want to do this as like a routine thing, um, because it would be, like I said, a good way for me to make money and for you to make money. But if you're not making money off these boxes, then who the heck am I going to sell them to? Right? The easiest way to become a millionaire is to, is to help a million people make a thousand dollars, right? Maybe that's probably, that's probably true. I think that the real quote is like, become a billionaire, find 10 millionaires or something like that. I don't know. Um, I don't think I'm making anybody a millionaire off of my YouTube videos, but I do think I'm making some people a couple thousand bucks, maybe 50 grand a year, maybe a hundred grand a year. Um, and that having that, that what's it called? That reputation is just, um, I don't know. I think if you can help people make money and that is your reputation, or if you can help people catch fish or you can help people pave their patios or their put down paver bricks so they're smooth you can help people fix their cars. If you can help people make substantial gains in their life, that's a very valuable reputation to have. And it should be protected. Um, you know, humans are so bad at looking at like the long-term consequences of anything that we don't think about the long-term. You see it on YouTube all the time. How many YouTubers in the, the personal finance space do you know who kind of built up followings and then just ripped them off? I mean, really just cashed out aggressively with like a $300 mentorship course or a $2,000 mentorship course. And the the people who trusted them no longer trust them, you know? And so they, ha- they have to kind of build back that trust with people or they have to just totally lean into being a, um, to being a, uh, uh, a seller of get rich quick schemes, which you see as well. There's always going to be a market for get-rich-quick schemes, but it's pretty hard to be a leader in that market 
because uh, generally they don't work. You have to keep reinventing yourself. I mean, anybody who's a con artist does that. You see it all the time. Con artists are con artists because they are good at finding people's weaknesses. But the thing about weaknesses is once you exploit that, it's hard to keep exploiting the same weakness over and over and over again because either the person goes bankrupt or they they grow and they begin to um, defend that weakness. It's, uh, it's not a sustainable cycle. Not a sustainable cycle. Speaking of sustainable cycles, I'm trying to think about how to make my Patreon sustainable. I want to get back into it. Um, I, I think what I'm going to do is begin giving away items only to my Patreon people. Only them, like once a month, we'll do a reseller box. Or we'll do something like that that we give away. So, but here's the caveat. So you can't charge for that, right? That's just a raffle. I mean, financially, I'm sure it makes sense to charge people 10 bucks a month and to give away a $500 box every month. Like, yeah, that's probably a great business model. But that, um, besides being not allowed on Patreon, is probably illegal in a lot of places. Uh, so it can't be that. You can't have any incentive to give money based on chance or on on a contest for that matter. Um, even if it were just like you can't, someone's odds can't be improved because they're spending money, which you, whatever, you know, it's their platform. I mean, I'm sure that I see it all the time where it's like uh, you get one free entry or you can buy a Pepsi for 10 free entries. So that, that must not be totally illegal, but maybe they just find it a little bit queasy. You know, Patreon board of directors, or whoever the heck, whoever the heck makes their rules. Um, maybe it's just uh, they they think that's too thin of a line to walk on. So what I could do, and what you could do, if you're a creator or if you're thinking about it, is a, a Patreon that has free access plus tiers, right? Free access plus tiers, and then you have to figure out a way to incentivize the tiers. So here's what I'm thinking. Uh, I make a bunch of quick start guides, like quick start eBay, quick start Mercari, quick start Amazon. And I put them up for like 10 bucks, five, 10 bucks, probably 10 bucks, just to make this, make this, uh, from a marketing perspective, make it make sense. Um, I'm at Gumroad. But if you join the Patreon or you join the Discord or you join whatever it is, then you get access to these as long as you're a member. And I suppose that I'd have to be updating them continually to people, keep people in. Um, but my hope is, is that people just opt in at like, you know, the, the, the guides cost 10 bucks a piece. You opt in at five, 10 bucks a month. It makes sense financially. And then as you are a member of the group for three or four months or whatever it is, you begin to see that, oh yeah, there actually is financial benefit to being here. Um, I think that's a, that's a plan I have in my head. And if, if I do it, who knows, but it's the kind of thing I've been considering for a long time. Um, and I think that if you're, if you want to be in the content business, like I am, you have to constantly be looking for new ways to garner people's attention, uh, because people's attention moves fast, especially, especially if you're not like super flashy and don't have like great editing skills. Like I do, you have to rely on strategies to get people's attention and then hopefully keep them there with value as opposed to entertainment, um, but that, that gets a lot more murky when you're trying to decipher it. So uh, what do you guys think? Let's see how long are, how long are we into this into this uh, podcast? My password's not. Oh come on.
So we're 24 minutes in. I had to, I'm using my phone to record these, and I kept putting in the password wrong, and so that was that awkward silence for a few seconds. 24 minutes, and I think we're going to end it here. I like these short podcasts. Just kind of a brief conversation while I, I didn't have any coffee this morning. Well, I drank it already. I didn't have any coffee as I was talking, but that's uh, kind of how I envision these going. Good to see you guys here. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're making some money. Hope that this monologue <laughs> that I put out there um, offers some new insight to you and allows you to see things in different ways. And uh, I'll see you guys next Monday, next Monday morning. You'll not see it. You'll hear me. Bye.